welcome to Lessons for Living Television. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. On August the 6th, 1991, the World Wide Web went live to the entire world. There was no fanfare in the press. In fact, most people around the world, they didn't even know what the Internet was. Its creator, the now internationally known Tim Berners-Lee, gave birth to a new technology which would fundamentally change the world as we know it. The World Wide Web had its foundation in the work that Berners-Lee did in the 1980s at the European Organization for Nuclear Research. You see, he had been looking for a way for physicists to share information around the world while all of them are using different hardware and different software. Well, this resulted in a paper he wrote in 1989 where he proposed what he referred to as a large hypertext database with typed links. Well, in 1993, it was announced that the World Wide Web was free for everyone to use and to develop. So with no fees payable, many say that that was a key factor in the transformational impact the World Wide Web would soon have on the world. A number of browser applications were developed during the first two years of the web, but it was Mosaic which had the most impact. Mosaic launched in 1993, and by the end of that year, it was available for Unix, the Commodore Amiga, Windows, and the Mac operating system. The first browser to be freely available and accessible to the public, it inspired the birth of the first commercial browser, which was Netscape Navigator. Mosaic's technology, well, that went on to form the basis of Microsoft's Internet Explorer. The growth of easy-to-use web browsers coincided with the growth of the commercial ISP business with companies like CompuServe bringing increasing numbers of people from outside the scientific community onto the web. And that, well, that was the start of the web as we know it today. And today, well, according to the Radicati Group, every day, they say, 205 billion emails are sent. 205 billion. That works out to some 2.4 million emails being exchanged every second, or 74 trillion emails per year. Now, I don't know for you, but for me and for many people, email has virtually replaced traditional letters and even telephone calls as the primary way we correspond with one another. Email has become the most rapidly adopted form of communication in the history of mankind. In less than, what, two decades? Email has gone from obscurity to mainstream everyday life. Now, in our fast-paced world, even the rapid response of email is not fast enough for many. 
You see, email does have its disadvantages. You have no way of knowing if the person you are sending an email to is online at that particular moment you're sending. Or if you're sending multiple emails back and forth and you normally have to click through a few steps to read, reply, and then send the email again. That's why instant messaging or direct messaging has gained such popularity. You see, instant messaging allows you to speak immediately online with anyone that you choose as long as that person is also online. You can even keep a list of people you want to talk to instantaneously, that, you know, sometimes referred to as a buddy list. And as you send a message back and forth, you and, and your friend are typing messages that both of you can see in real time. Well, on today's program, what I want to do is I want to share with you an old message in a new format. You see, God wants to be number one on your buddy list and on my buddy list. And believe it or not, you can direct message God. There was a Newsweek cover story. It was entitled, Talking to God. A Gallup poll reported that 91% of women and 85% of men say that they pray regularly. The survey went on to say that 32% of the people who pray report that praying gives them a deep sense of peace. 26% said they sense the actual presence of God in their prayers. All of that sounded quite encouraging until I read the final statistic. And it said that only 15% regularly receive definite answers to their prayers. Now, that tells me something. A lot of people are praying, but very few people are actually connecting. It's possible to connect to God and know that you are connected with Him if certain things are true, and if, in fact, you have the right connection. The keys to this connection are found in two verses in a little letter called 1 John. I mean, wouldn't you love to know that when you pray, God is actually listening? I mean, wouldn't it be great to know for sure that our prayers will make it beyond the ceiling? that our prayers really do make it all the way to heaven. You know, the Bible says you can direct message God if you are willing to meet three conditions. Number one, you must be confident in God's power. Let's go to 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. It says, This is the confidence that we have in Him. Now, the word confidence here is a word that literally means freedom of speech. Originally, it was a political term and it referred to the freedom to speak your mind in a public assembly. In order to connect with God, you must first, first place, you must come to God confidently. You must be confident that God has the power to hear our prayer and to answer our prayer. You see, 
I have people come to me and they say to me many times, I just don't know how to pray or I don't pray very well. You know, what they're saying is that they, they don't pray eloquently or perhaps they don't pray fervently. You know, they don't pray with enough emotion or they don't, or they don't say things just the right way. What we don't understand is that the most important part of our prayers, it's not how eloquently we pray or how fervently we play, pray, but it's how confidently we pray. See, if you're going to connect with God, then you must have the confidence that He wants to hear your prayer. You must be confident that He, in fact, wants to answer our prayer. There was a man, he lived many years ago, his name was George Mueller. Before he died, he had in writing 25,000 distinct answers to prayer that God had given him in his lifetime. He, he once wrote, prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance, it's laying hold of God's willingness. Hebrews chapter 4, uh, verse 16. Let's just go there for a second. Look at what it says here. It says, Let us then come with confidence to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Do you remember? The disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray. And the first thing he taught them when it was to pray, he says, he says, you start with our Father, which art in heaven. Jesus was teaching the disciples that they should have the same confidence in God as a child does in their father. Now, there are two very important people in my life. One is named Joshua and the other is Rebecca. And there's one thing that Joshua and Rebecca have complete confidence in. And that is this. If they ever need me, I'm going to be there. If they have a need and I can meet that need, I will meet that need. Do you know why? Because they're my children. When you pray, the Bible says you have to have the same confidence that a child has in their father and their mother. That he will hear our prayer. That God will answer our prayer. See, that's how I know I can connect with God. Because the moment I pray, Heavenly Father, God drops everything he's doing. He looks at me and says, Son, speak. You have my undivided attention. You see, that's where connecting with God really begins. It begins with confidence in God's power. Second, we must be committed to God's purpose. Now, John goes on to explain the type of confidence we have. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, but now the second part of the verse is what he says, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. He says, God will never answer any prayer outside his will, but he will answer every prayer inside of his will. That tells us something. In order to pray in the will of God, 
we have got to seek the will of God so that we know the will of God, that we might be able to do the will of God. All three of these steps are necessary. And you cannot know God's will until you're willing to do His will. Now, I'm convinced that most people don't even understand the purpose of prayer. The purpose of prayer is not to get our will done in heaven. The purpose of prayer is to get God's will done on earth. Incidentally, do you know why you should always desire the will of God? You see, God wants to give us what we would want God to give us if we were wise enough to want it. You know, there's a, a, another translation, and it, it, it translates verse 14 this way. We are sure that if we ask anything that he wants us to have, he will hear us. As hard as it is sometimes to believe, God is best at knowing what is best for us. That's why we should always do everything we can to make sure that everything that we ask for is in God's will. Now, I know that raises a question for some. They say, how can you know the will of God? You can't pray according to the will of God if you don't know the will of God. Well, let me give you some good news because the Bible gives a fitting answer. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 9. Here's what it says. We have not stopped praying for you since the first day we heard about you. In fact, we always pray that God will show you everything he wants to do and that you may have all the wisdom and understanding that his spirit gives. You see, it's saying here that God is more willing for us to know his will than we are to know it. We do not have a father in heaven who plays, you know, spiritual cat and mouse with us. He doesn't play hide and seek. He doesn't treat his will like Easter eggs, you know, hidden there in the grass, you know, for us to go and search out and find. He has given us two primary ways to know his will. First, we have the word of God. The vast amount of the will of God for our life, for my life, for your life, is found here in the word of God. If you're watching me right now and you're seeking God right now, if you're seeking him for a decision you need to make in your life, the first thing you ought to do is go to God's word and see what God has to say about what you're praying about. Second, we have the spirit of God. Look at Romans chapter 8 and verse 27. There we read the following. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us, believers in harmony with God's own will. You see, God has not put us here without a spiritual compass to show us where true north is. We have in our hearts the Spirit of God who will take the Word of God and with the counsel of other godly people help us to make good decisions. 
If you want to know God's will in one area of your life, then you need to make sure that you are lined up with God's will in every area of your life. Otherwise, there will be a short circuit in your connection with God. Now, thirdly, we must be convinced of God's promise. We must be convinced that God will answer our prayers because that's his promise. 1 John chapter 5, verse 15, it says, And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. You know, the word uh, hear here means not only just to listen to something, but to act on what has been heard. God does respond to prayers. As a matter of fact, there really is no such thing as an unanswered prayer. It's just that God answers prayer in different ways. You know, sometimes God's answer is immediate. Listen to this amazing verse here in Isaiah chapter 65 and verse 24. It says, I will answer them before they even call to me. While they are still talking about their needs, I will go ahead and answer their prayers. Sometimes God answers immediately, but sometimes God's answer is delayed. Isaiah chapter 30, and this time verse 18, it says, So the Lord must wait for you to come to him so he can show you his love and compassion. For the Lord is a faithful God. Blessed are those who wait for his help. You see, there are times when God may want for us what we want. He just doesn't want it at the same time we want it. You, you see what I'm saying? You see, God not only knows what is best for us, God also knows when it is best for us. And sometimes God's answer may be different. How true it is that what we often think we want is not necessarily the same as what God knows that we need. It's true. Sometimes God's answer to our prayers is no. There are times when God simply says no. But keep this in mind. Even a no is an answer to prayer. Even when God says no, it's not because God is being mean. Yeah, I'm a father. There's two ways a father can be good to his children. By what he does allow them to have or by what he doesn't allow them to have. Be thankful that God does not give us everything we want. I heard about a bar that was being built in a town that previously had been totally dry. In opposition to this bar, a group of Christians began an all-night prayer meeting and they asked God to do something to keep that bar from being finished. Well, that very night, while they were praying, lightning struck the bar, burned it completely to the ground. Well, the bar owner 
he brought a lawsuit against the church. And he held them responsible for the burning down of the bar. Do you know what the church did? They hired a lawyer and they denied all responsibility. So the judge, he's going to hear the case. And when he heard the case, he says, I've got a sad observation to make. This is the judge speaking. He says, i got a sad observation to make. No matter how this case comes out, one thing is clear. The bar owner believes in the power of prayer and the church doesn't. You can connect with God. But remember this. To connect to God, you've got to have a connection. You've got to have the right connection. And the connection is Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father apart from me. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your love and kindness and the mercies you just pour out upon us as undeserving as we are. Father, I pray for those right now that are connecting with you. May they know that you are listening. May they come boldly before your throne because there they will find the grace for their time of need. Bless each and every viewer, I pray, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, every uh, program we have resources, uh, generally a little book that we'd like to offer our viewers. Uh, the reason why we do that is uh, because we want to provide you with aids that can help you uh, better understand God's Word and better understand God's will for your life. Because as we study today, as we pray and as we live our lives uh, in, in, in the pattern that God desires for us, that's where we can live life to the fullest. And so <clears throat> every program we offer a resource. And today I have a little book here for you. It's called uh, Changed for Life. And uh, it tells the story of different people whose lives have been transformed and as they align their lives with God's will for their life. We'd love you to have this, uh, this book. If you're watching us for the very first time, uh, these resources are offered completely free of charge. And I know for some folks, you know, nothing is free. Well, these are completely free. Uh, we, we're going to send you this in the mail. Uh, it arrives postage paid, no obligation whatsoever on your part. Uh, if you're interested in receiving this free gift right here, then pay close attention to the information that you're about to hear. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G0A3, and we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. You can also order this offer by calling 
1-800-972-0337. That's 1-800-972-0337. Operators are standing by now. While on our website, you can leave a prayer request and if impressed to do so, donate to help keep this ministry on the air. Thank you for your support. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. Thank you so much for watching. And please help us in sharing uh, the program with others and letting other folks know uh, when the program is on so that they can uh, tune in also. But if you ever happen to be away and you're not able to watch the program when it comes on, you don't have to panic because the program is available to you in a couple of different places. In fact, all of the previous programs are. You can go to our YouTube channel. All of the programs are there. Uh, just look for the Lessons for Living Television YouTube channel on YouTube. Uh, when you're there, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. And what that'll do is you'll be notified every time we add uh, a new program to that roster. You can go to our Facebook page. Just go on Facebook, look up Lessons for Living Television. As soon as the program goes off the air, it appears on the Facebook page and it's there for viewing and for sharing. Or you can go to our website, l4ltv.com. On the website, you're gonna see a tab that has a previous programs. All of the previous programs are there. In fact, it links you back to our YouTube channel. Uh, there's another tab there that says a free offer. Uh, the offer we just uh, presented a few minutes ago, you can request it right there on the website if you prefer not to call us. You can go on the website and we'll get that out to you that way. There's another tab there that says uh, Bible study groups. If you're interested in becoming part of a Bible study group or starting a Bible study group or studying the Bible on your own, just, just contact us. Email me directly, bill at l4ltv.com and we'll get that set up for you. Another tab says live appearances and that'll tell you where I will be appearing most weeks. I'm at my church, but I travel, and uh, so sometimes I'm away, but it'll always be you know, there where I'm going to be, and there's a Google Maps uh, that'll help you get to where I'm going to be. And come out and see us and introduce yourselves. There's also a Donate Today tab where you can make a donation. Every donation you make is tax-deductible. We'll send you a tax-deductible receipt for income tax purposes. I also want to tell you of my Instagram account, Santos underscore Bill. On Instagram, every day we share a one-minute devotional video on Instagram on a variety of different topics. And many of you have contacted me and saying you really appreciate those. And what many folks do is they take that and they then share it also on their account so that their friends can see it also. So that's on Instagram. Follow me on uh, Instagram. We have another website, which is the missionnowcanada.com website. And Mission Now Canada, well, that's the branch of our ministry that handles and deals with overseas mission work and humanitarian work overseas. Uh, in the Philippines, in South America, last number of years, we've been going to Paraguay to work with the indigenous people there in the Chaco region of Paraguay. Maybe you'd like to be a part of that. Maybe you'd like to donate to that. Maybe you'd like to sponsor someone to go on one of those trips. You can get that all on the missionnowcanada.com website. We are all out of time, and I look forward to doing this again next time. I hope and pray 
that you will join us. Till then, God bless you. We'll see you back here again real soon.